0: I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back. And if you're new to this show, it's really great that you found us. I hope you're having a good day. I hope whatever's happening for you is fantastic. I'm having a good day. I haven't really done anything much, but I'm having a good day. Sometimes it's nice to just have a Just an ordinary day where there's no, like, you know, no ups and downs. It's just an average kind of day, and that's good. So, today I've got a question for you. And my question is Do you believe that anyone that needs counseling can go to any counselor? So, let me put it another way. If you were to need counseling, would you just go to the counselor that lives in the place that's most convenient to you? And if not, why is that? Okay. Well, look. This is kind of a leading question because I think I know what your answer is going to be because it's it's widely accepted that the therapeutic relationship is paramount across all modalities when it comes to therapy, isn't it? But you know, it's kind of confusing because we're also trained you know i think for most people i know for me when i did my training we're trained that we kind of need to be like a blank slate so we need to hide anything about ourselves so that it doesn't get in the way of the process for the clients so as a profession we tend to think about every little aspect of our work you know we think about should we actually have should we have tissues in the room should we have water in the room should we have pictures? If so, what pictures? Should I hide my tattoo? Is it okay to have pink hair? You know, you get the drift. It's like everything that happens in that counselling room is is thought of, all the minute details, isn't it? We kind of overthink when it comes to our job, doesn't it? And why is that? Well, it's because we want to offer our clients the very best services that we can Right, But that means that we have a little bit of a conundrum because we want to aid the process and to help them to choose the best therapist for them but how can they do that if all the counselors are staying you know staying behind that that boundary of i've got to keep myself separate i've got to keep myself i've got to keep myself hidden really so how can you help somebody To choose the best therapist i.e. you whilst staying firmly within those ethical boundaries and that's tricky isn't it because you want to say to people why you you know you want you want to let people know why you're going to be a good choice for them but it's really hard to do that when we're not really allowed to kind of stand out, let our personality out so i'm gonna pin that thought there just for a moment and just ask you really quickly, do you ever feel uncomfortable promoting your practice? Do you feel uncomfortable getting out there and sort of telling people that you're available to help them? Well, if you do, you know, that's certainly not unusual. I know so many counsellors and therapists worry that they're going to come across as salesy or sleazy or feel manipulative. And of course, that's not what it is at all. You're not like that at all. Maybe you just want to do something that feels more comfortable to you. Well, I've got something for you. I've actually got a free guide for you that I've put together regarding this. It's called How to Attract Clients by Helping Instead of Selling. Okay, so it's all about just helping people. You know, just help them. So in this free guide, you're going to learn about what content marketing is. You're going to learn about the challenges of being visible. We're going to look at three focus areas to avoid overwhelm. We're going to look at what to write to attract clients. And we're going to look at how to not let personal disclosure get in the way so you can grab this it's available now for free just go to jane travis so that's jane without a y so janetraviscouk slash help and you can get that for free and get cracking straight away so back to today's podcast so i want you to think about hairdressers for a moment oh my god she's gone crazy you're thinking to yourself now just bear with me bear with me it all makes sense now i used to work with someone and they moved to lincoln about eight years before i knew them but she still travelled a round trip of just over 70 miles every time she wanted to go and get her hair cut. And I don't know exactly how often she had her hair done, but she had hair that was pretty short. So I would say maybe every four or five weeks. And if I'm honest, she wasn't really someone with a complex style, you know. And She didn't have a hair coloured. She didn't have anything fancy done. She wasn't one of those people that was really really into personal grooming. You know, she didn't seem overly interested in it. She didn't really wear makeup. She didn't get her nails done. So why was it really important that she would go on a big trip to visit a particular stylist? So how about you? I mean, have you been visiting the same stylist for years? I mean, I know I have. I've known my stylist. I don't know how long I've known her. I've known her for a long time. I've known her, She's been through several house moves. She's had a baby. (laughs) Um, I've known her when she worked in the salon, when she owned the salon, when she worked from home. And we know each other. She knows about me. I know about her. Now, we're not friends. We still have, you know, quite a, you know, professional boundaries, but we know a lot about each other. So why do we do that? When To be honest, hairdressers all do pretty much the same thing, don't they? I mean, they cut hair, they colour hair, they curl hair, they straighten hair, they style hair in some way, shape or form, don't they? But we're still, generally speaking, really picky about the stylist that we choose. Well, I believe that a part of that is that our hair is really, really important to us. I know for me, you know, and and this is true for everybody, really. I'm sure it's the same for you. The difference that a good hair makes to our day, it can make the whole day feel better. We can have a boost of our confidence. We can walk with a spring in our step. And if we have a bad hair day, we kind of, and again, I'm speaking about myself here. I kind of want to hide away. It just makes us feel a little bit. Bit blue all day, doesn't it? It makes us just not feel quite right. So when it comes to going to the the hairdressers, we actually put a huge amount of trust into our stylists' hands. And probably everybody's got a story to tell about walking out of a salon, you know, close to tears, as their hair's been butchered by somebody. You know, you sit there and they show you the back of your hair and say, "How's that?" And you go, "Yeah, that's lovely." And you walk out and you go to go to the closest public toilets and just have a little cry. So yeah maybe you've done that too i don't know. So yeah having our hair done is really a, a really intimate thing. Now hairdressers are one of those professions that have permission to enter our personal space to physically touch us and you know that's not something that's really done in society is it. So you know again that the stylist and the client have a particular kind of relationship it is intimate. You know, we share personal stories. We get to know each other because of that sort of, you know, physical closeness, I think. That said, on the other hand, you may choose a hairdresser that works on your hair quietly, that doesn't bother you with, you know, banal hairdresser small talk about have you booked your holidays. So that might be the type of hairdresser that you particularly look for. Someone that will respect that you want just a little bit of peace when you sit in an hairdresser's chair. I ran out out of breath there when I was saying that. Let me try try breathing. The other thing is you might be, you know, we're all very different. So what happens if you're a really experimental person and you love to try lots of new colours, lots of new styles, lots of new techniques? If that's the sort of person you are, you're going to want a stylist that's keen to stay on top of the latest trends and be able to indulge that need in you. And also the cost might come into it. You know, some people might want to find a really affordable stylist. It's not something they really want to pay much money out for but then there are other people that want full-on luxury. They want to have, you know, luxurious surroundings, posh coffee. They like to have a, you know, sip on a glass of Prosecco. They might want the option of having lots of extra treatments as as well to make this experience for them kind of the height of self-indulgent luxury. You know, there's no right or wrong way to go to the hairdresser, is there? There's only what's right for you. So although not everybody might have a chosen stylist, most people I know certainly prefer to find a stylist that's going to get them. And then they can form that relationship that's built on trust. You're putting your hair into their hands, literally. Okay, so you're probably wondering why I'm banging on about hairdressers all of a sudden. Well, it's because of something that actually frustrates the hell out of me. Now, have you ever heard someone say that they went to counselling, but it was rubbish, or they went to counselling and it didn't work? I have, and it absolutely drives me mad because there are many reasons that somebody doesn't have the experience that they wanted to have with counselling. A lot of it's to do with timing, you know, maybe the timing wasn't right for them. And let's face it, we have actually no control over that whatsoever. However, I do think that it might have something to do with the with the quality of the counsellor-client relationship, the, the therapeutic relationship, because in many ways, counsellors are like hairdressers because it's an intimate relationship. It's built on trust. We talk about intimate things. We share. And it's kind of the same thing, but as counsellors, we all do kind of the same basic thing, But we all have different styles, different ways that we might go around it. And all therapists are different, you know. So if somebody decides that they want to have counselling and they randomly pick a counsellor just because of, you know, where they live or the price well that person may not get the best experience of counselling that they could have had which isn't the fault of the counsellor and it's not the fault of the client either because let's face it not all relationships work even therapeutic ones now this reminds me of when I was doing my training so when I was doing my training back in the day and I mean I did my training back in I think I think I I think I qualified in two thousand and four, two 2005. So I mean, it was quite a long time ago now. And I used to love, you know, when I was doing the training, observing other counsellors, observing observing other trainee counsellors. And I was quite fascinated, really, because you know, right from back in the early days, different counsellors had different styles. So some counsellors would actually speak a lot when they were doing the trio work, you know, doing their counselling. And then there were other counsellors that actually didn't speak very much in the counselling room and left lots of space for the client to talk. And, you know, neither of those were wrong, you know, and I, I can remember actually speaking to the tutor and saying, look, you know, is is it okay to talk? Because I was one of the quiet people in the counselling room, surprisingly enough. I'm not a big talker. You know, when I was counselling people, I wouldn't, you know, be there, encourage them to talk, but I didn't really say a lot. So when I saw other people doing such a lot of talking, it made me question that with the, with the tutor and say, "Yeah, is that all right? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. People just have different styles. So, so yeah. And my first experience of therapy was with a, with a psychodynamic counselor and they really just left me to talk. You know, it was, I had to lay down. So I had to lay down on this bed, which made me feel thoroughly anxious and weird. And it was horrible. And, you know, I had to lay there and she sat just, just out of eye shot, just behind me and it was an absolute disaster I hated it because I literally didn't know what I was supposed to say so there was nothing she did particularly wrong she was doing what psychodynamic counselors do which is leave space for the person to talk but for me I was just terrified I didn't know what to say so you know vast amounts of the session I would just literally be laid there like in this sort of crippling paralyzing silence between us so you know for me as an extreme people pleaser with a non-existent self-esteem what I really needed was a counsellor that was able to offer me gentle guidance to sort of gently encourage me to talk about the things that I clearly needed to talk about so that you know that psychodynamic counsellor wasn't doing anything wrong but it's all about helping people. I think our job as, as private practitioners, I think it's about helping people to find the right counsellor so that they can get the best experience of counselling that they possibly can. So for me, I would say that counselling is most definitely not one size fits all. I mean, would you agree? I'd love to know. Let me know, you know, drop me a DM and, or drop me an email. Let's, let's sort of have a chat about this because I think that if we're trying to go out there and we're all trying to be just professional counsellors that don't share anything about ourselves, don't share anything about our personalities, that makes it really difficult for people to find the right counsellor for them. So how can we make it easier for the right kind of client to find you so that it's going to be a good fit and that there's going to be a higher chance of You know, success within the counseling room. So we're looking for somebody that's going to be a good fit for them because that's going to make the whole process easier for them. But for you as a counselor, you'll probably know the difference that it makes working with someone where, you know, they're just a really good client. You're on the same wavelength. You know, I'm sure we've all had experiences of working with clients where it's not a particularly good fit and therefore it can sometimes feel a little bit like walking through a treacle it's very very difficult it doesn't have that same flow so how can we make it easier for people to to get that good fit and you know I think it's all about self-knowledge I think it's about self-awareness because when we have self-knowledge and we have self-awareness we can then communicate that through the marketing that we do. So here's an example for you. I just had a little bit of a think about this earlier. Consider these two statements. So statement one, consider seeing this on a website or something like that. Many people feel anxious coming to counselling for the first time and they worry that they won't know what to say. So together we will explore what's brought you to counselling and what your needs are. So it's, So consider that one versus this one. So this is, you know, statement number two. Have you ever tried talking to someone only to find that they just talk over you? They take over the conversation or they try to tell you what to do. Well, this won't happen with me. You'll have the space to talk while I will listen, really listen, and together we'll explore what's happening in your life and how you'd like it to be instead. So can you see the difference there between those two sentences? So neither of them are either inherently right or inherently wrong. You know, one isn't better than the other. But in statement number one, what I'm kind of saying is, if you're scared about coming, I will help you. I will guide you and help you to explore what's going on. Whereas number two is saying, do you just need the space just to talk? So it's it's going to appeal to different types of potential clients, isn't it? So one might say, yeah, I'm really scared. I won't know what to say. I need someone to help me. And the other one's thinking, oh, finally, someone who's just going to let me let me talk about what I've got going on. And, you know, these statements are going to appeal more to these different people. Can you see how this isn't actually you sharing any personal disclosure? It's just sharing something that is, just a difference that you have within your style of counseling. I hope that makes sort of sense. So being able to just learn about yourself, have that self-awareness and that that sort of recognition of the way that you work and the way that you are is just going to help the client to self-select the right counselor for them. And like I say, this is all without sharing anything to do with personal disclosure. It's just about you being you. I mean, how cool is that? That makes it a whole lot easier, doesn't it? So knowing your counselling style means that you can sprinkle these little things throughout your marketing. And as a private practitioner, this has a positive impact on the growth of your private practice, the amount of money that you make as well. Because if people choose the right counsellor for them, then they're far more likely to continue with counselling not just to come for one session or a couple of sessions to actually engage in the counselling and that's going to have a really positive impact on the outcome of that counselling and that's going to have a wider impact on the profession of, as a whole because that person is going to talk to other people about how great the counselling was and that's going to make them more likely to go to counselling. So it's a really virtuous circle, if you like. So we have people coming to counselling and having more positive experiences, which lead on to people talking more about their positive experiences, which then leads on to more people feeling comfortable about accessing counselling. It's cool, isn't it? I love that. So how can you allow yourself to show up through your marketing? Well, you know, before you panic, you know, like I say, none of this is about personal disclosure. You know, I'm not suggesting that you share all of your personal information because you just don't have to. But I do just want to ask the question about, you know, are you the missing piece in your marketing? You know, are you trying to market counselling but you don't involve anything to do with you personally? So what I'm really suggesting is that you allow yourself just to be a little bit more you. You know, just like, you know, when a new client comes to see you for the first time, they're going to hear your accent. They're going to see your hairstyle. They're going to see whether or not you wear makeup. They're going to see your clothing. They're going to see if you have tattoos or see, you know, what sort of room you work from or what sort of area that you work from. When somebody comes to you for counselling, your essence kind of leaks out anyway. You know, you just can't stop it. So allow your personality to show and the right people are going to be drawn to you. So if you use humour, you know, in your marketing, you can allow, you know, humorous anecdotes to come out. Or if you swear, you know, maybe use some, I tend to, I don't really like seeing people using the F word, to be honest. I know some people do and that can really appeal to some people, but I will use some of the lesser swear words like, you know, crap or stuff like that. Let people know that you're happy using sort of more slang words. Do you use use lots of different tools? You know, maybe you can talk about that. So let your personality and style show within your marketing. Let yourself show in your marketing and people will respond to that and the right people are going to come and they're going to connect with you. So yeah, lean into it. And, you know, another thing is we talk a lot about congruence in counselling, don't we? It's one of the core conditions. So if you can show up as the authentic you, well, in my mind, that's that can only be a good thing. And just before I wrap up, I've just got another little, little anecdote of my own here. I have a counselling friend. And she wears bright red lipstick. It always looks really classy. I can't wear red lipstick. It ends up all around my face. But but she would always wear this really classy, bright red lipstick. It was her thing. But when she was doing her counselling training, she was told that she shouldn't wear it because it was going to be too too much of a statement about her, I suppose. So she didn't. So she would start seeing clients. And, you know, she was telling me that it had a real effect on her. It made her feel like she wasn't being authentic. It didn't make her feel like her. And it actually really impacted the confidence that she had as well. So, you know, when you become a private practitioner, you make your own rules up, really, in those sorts of respects. So she wore bright red lipstick when she worked with clients. Did it have a negative impact on the clients? Well, I doubt it, you know, but I bet that her clients benefited from working with a more authentic counsellor, somebody that's more relaxed, somebody that's more confident. And I bet you that that would lead to a more positive therapeutic relationship and a better experience of the whole thing. So to me, I think this is a definite benefit for clients because they have to choose the right person to have therapy with. And it's very difficult to choose who to have therapy with when everybody looks the same. So look, you know, let your personality show. Allow it to show in small, subtle details in the copy on your website, on your social media, on the images that you share, in your blogs, in your directories. And then the client is going to be able to choose the best fit for them. And that means there's a better chance of a meaningful therapeutic relationship. Okay, so we've looked at a lot in here today, haven't we? We've looked at how in all modalities the therapeutic relationship is, you know, really paramount. It's really important. And we've looked at the inconsistency between being a blank slate in the counselling room while simultaneously trying to cultivate a thriving therapeutic relationship. And I've also considered how this incongruence between you and your counselling persona might impact both parties. And I've also shared, you know, just a couple of really little ways that you might choose to show up in your marketing that's going to help potential clients to get a feel for you, just as they do in a first assessment session or a first therapy session. So look, I really want to encourage you to allow your personality to show and help the client make an informed choice based on more than just, you know, your counselling qualifications. So this is for the benefit of the client, for the benefit of you and for the benefit of your income as well. Now there's a saying that I use a lot and that is human first, counsellor second. So I want you to allow your beautiful humanness to show up in the work that you do. Okay, so that's it for today. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. I don't know why I've been so inspired by hairdressers this week, but but there you go. I'd love to know what you think about this idea of, you know, just letting your personality show a little bit. I'd love to know also if something comes up about that that makes you think, oh, I don't know if I dare do that. Because if you share that with me, then I could also do a podcast about that. You know, I do do every month, I do a podcast that's called Jane Explains. And I'll answer a question that one of the listeners has as sort of let me know so if you've got a question about this then i'm quite happy to have a look at that and i can actually do a podcast about it for you so just contact me jane at travis.co.uk or just contact me on social media so you'll find me on social media either on instagram where it's at grow your private practice that's all lowercase no spaces or on instagram where it's jane so it's jane without a y jane travis just come and say hi and you know let's connect okay so that's it for today thank you so much for coming along and sharing a little bit of time with me i hope you found it useful come and see me again next week have a fantastic week and take care bye